Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome. We are so excited to see everybody. Please, if you will, jump in that chat box. Tell us who you are, where you are, and we want to say hello to you. At the bottom of your screen, you'll see that green share screen. Share screen. Your chat box is to the left, so pop that open. I'm Amber, I'm in Ocala, Florida, and I am not Sarah Cooperman, but I am going to be your facilitator tonight for our Perks of Pilates webinar. Hey, New Jersey, Cleveland, there's Regina and Peggy, and that's it, that's all we got. Where are y'all? There we go, Denise, <laughs> San Francisco Bay Area. Nice, all right. Please, please, please jump in there and tell us who you are. And I am going to give you a quick little rundown about me. I have a studio in Ocala, Florida called The Training Tool. We do small group personal training, personal training, and some classes. I am also Stott Pilates certified for Reformer and Matt, although I don't teach it very often. But I am joined by a wonderful panel tonight who has tons of experience and a lot of information to share with you. So I'm going to begin with Jenna. I'm going to let, let each of these lovely ladies introduce themselves. Jenna, kick us off. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Zafino. I'm in Chicago, Illinois. Very long time Pilates teacher. I owned a studio for 15 years. I currently run a private practice and specialize in small group coaching, business coaching, and career coaching for movement teachers. And I am really excited to hopefully lend that business lens towards some of you who are interested in the subject surrounding the business of Pilates and the perks of the business of Pilates. And lastly, one of the unique aspects of my career is that I got to be mentored personally by Ron Fletcher, who was a first generation of Joseph and Clara Pilates. So I've got a lot of fun stories behind the scenes um, that maybe will come up and give you a little inside talk about the Pilateses as they were. <laughs> Thanks, Jenna. All right, Margo, tell everybody about you. Hi everyone, I, I'm Margo, Margo McKinnon. Uh, I am the founder of Body Harmonics in Toronto, Canada, and we are two full service Pilates and movement studios and health clinics. And we also run a global teacher training program. We're really proud of that on five continents. And, you know, it's just great to see so many people actually wanting to chat about the perks or the benefits of Pilates, I think the more we chat about it and really share with each other, uh, the more we're able to spread wisdom about this very wise way of building a body that works long-term and uh, in a way that, that, that gives back as we age. Lovely. All right, Gail, it's your turn. Tell everybody all about you. Hey guys, how are you? Thanks for coming in and joining us. My name is Gail Bannister-Mund. I have a studio in Long Island, New York City called the Bannister Method. Um, I specialize in flexibility, but I also teach Pilates. I'm STOP certified and um, MAT certified. I also teach PEAK chair um, for sports um, trainers. Um, I run many facilities, New York sports clubs. I ran over 49 locations for the company and a company called Export Fitness um, later on down the road, who are mainly out of Chicago, but we've had um, some studios here in New York. 
but now I run my own business and I also a national presenter. I also work for the NFL. So that's uh, um, something we incorporate in with the players as well when we work with them. So hopefully I'll be able to give you guys some feedback on how to work with athletes as well. Awesome. So I'm looking forward to tonight and we are going to talk about all of the perks of Pilates. A lot of times, you know, Pilates is associated with toning our muscles and really only benefits niche groups such as dancers. But we know that Pilates is a workout that everyone can benefit from in a wide range of areas. And we hope to give you some ideas as we go along with that, because each of these ladies has some really great experiences and information to share with you. So I'm just going to ask a couple of questions. And for everybody who's on here, please, if you have any questions, put them in the chat box. We want you to engage with us. We want to answer your questions. So we love to see that. So make sure that you put that in there. And when the when the time is right, I will ask the questions so you can get the answers that you need. And I already see that Lindy said Gail was at SCW and she was fire. No kidding. I just want to say if you've <laughs> never been stretched by Gail, you haven't been stretched. Okay. She she will do a number on you for sure. <laughs> All right. So ladies, I want to hear what you think. What are some of the primary benefits that you see from teaching Pilates and using this style of training with your clientele? Who would like to begin? Jenna, go. You made a face at me, okay. so you have to do that. <laughs> okay, it's that, it's that first answer, jitters. So there's two things that come to mind. One absolutely is body autonomy, which also goes along with the second thing, which is independent movement. And I think that we have a unique opportunity to help our clients slow down, tune in, notice, become more self-aware and start to make choices that can affect their movement, not only inside of the studio, but also outside of the studio. If you can hear that, that's a Chicago L train people get nostalgic for it, enjoy. <laughs> um, I really enjoy those moments of my clients recognizing that they are having a Pilates moment when they're not in the studio. I think it's the most rewarding as a teacher. I think it's a gift that I didn't understand I could offer as a teacher in the beginning. I thought it was a bit about toning as well. But as my work matures, more and more of the time I spend is really in developing language surrounding how we can use this exercise. Where else do you think this might show up for you this week? Or in what task? Or how can you integrate this into your other workout this week. So we do a lot of question asking in my practice. We do a lot of like homework, but active homework. It's not, they don't have to report back. It's for them and they get to do it. And I think it's one of the best benefits out there. Excellent. Margo, would you like to tell us a, a little bit about what you think those primary benefits are? Yeah, sure. You know, we opened Body Harmonics back in 1998. And at that time, there was kind of all this curiosity around what is this P thing, you know, Pilates, Pilates, I don't know, people are pronouncing all kinds of different ways. And um, what, I, what I've seen over time, actually, even, even it doesn't really matter the age group, actually, is more and more of an emphasis on how does my body work? How do I make it work best so I can feel strong and 
support my posture and and walk through life with comfort. Uh, certainly to your point, Jenna, th th at the beginning, many people, it, it is about toning because that's what you see in the sort of general media. But um, with skilled teaching, people quickly, you know, become enamored really of the process and they become more and more curious about how, how this thing we live in, how it all works. So I think the curiosity and also the building of confidence Kind of building on what you said, Jenna, you know, they start to be able to self-manage. We use a lot that term, self-manage. So when something goes wrong, you know, you drag down the trunk of the car and all of a sudden your low back goes. And instead of panicking, it's like, oh, you know, I've got like five different things I could try that may help my back, you know, stuff like that. I think that's, that's golden for people, you know? Yes, I agree. And you mentioned a little bit about the confidence. I'd love for you to share one of your favorite stories about seeing a client really gain that confidence through doing Pilates with you. Uh, I'm going to ask yes, you one more It's my story. Okay. Yes, Margo, okay. please. Well, th there are many, 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 but one that always strikes me is a client. Uh, that came in a lot of pain. And uh, many of you will know, you know, it's a, an exercise that's done in many modalities, just the bridge. And she was doing, she was doing it her best, but no one had ever shown her really how to do it. And her back kept, it never got any better. Like she's 15 years into this. And she was very, very fearful, did not want to try any of the equipment. It took years to get her to try. And uh, by the end of her time on this earth, and she wasn't very old when she passed on, uh, she was so comfortable with the fact that the body doesn't stay one way, right? There may be a flare, there may be a good day, a bad day. And she was able to roll with that with such ease and the confidence to know that it wasn't going to last forever and that she had all kinds of ways and, and tools to deal with it. And, and to see her be more calm, like it was like a different person, literally, literally different person. It was wonderful. Yes. It changes people. Excellent. Yeah, it really does. It really does. Yeah. And then Gail, you know, as you said in the beginning, you work with athletes and NFL players and, but still, how do you get across to them about these primary benefits? What do you tell them that they can get from, from doing Pilates? It's um, like we talked about earlier. Um, it's kind of hard to get them on um, to do Pilates because of the fear of quote unquote, the girly type of workout, but then you have to kind of like sneak it in in a way where to get them to do a stretch on the reformer or a stretch where it's gonna benefit their movement. So there's a receiver trying to get them to lengthen a little bit more. And once you get them on there and they feel the stretch, then they go, oh, what is this? And then you start showing them more things and then they get buy into it and then they wanna play with it and they start wanting to do more exercises, but then they see the benefits of it. And like you said, you know, bring a friend, they'll say one person this really helped, especially on a performance of a game, and they want to get back on it even more. So it's just a way of sneaking it in in a way where they don't feel that it's something they don't want to do, but versus something they're trying to benefit what their sport is. So that's my that's easy metric to work. 
That's a great idea. Jenna said, uh, did anyone see that meme of the two football players talking about Pilates on the field? One is bragging to the other about how flexible he is because of it. Yes. It was so, it's so awesome. He's like, that Pilates, this got me, got me right, got me right. And like, what, what is it? And I'm just like, yes. It's great. Scream it from the rooftops. Let other people know, right? And as we know, you know, women, we are drawn to exercise. Most of us, we want to do something. Pilates sounds great because, of course, we're like, oh, I want my core to be stronger. I want to be better. So let me ask you, ladies, this. How do we, number one, attract more members to come into our Pilates programs? And also, I think we need to also discuss how we can get more men into the programs because Gail is in a special situation, but we know that that can be a little difficult to get them into those programs. So please share how you attract more members into your Pilates programs. Do I have a taker? Jenna, you want to go first? Jenny, Jenny you want to go? Do you want to answer that question? about? Um, I, just I can answer it from a program director's perspective. Hopefully that will help some people. When I worked for New York Sports Clubs and we ran a lot, I ran a lot of locations. Um, one of the things were, how do we get people off the treadmills at prime time? Um, and how do we get male into classes? So it was a double-edged sword. So instead of just calling it Pilates mat, or you know, we started calling it Pilates core, Pilates flexibility, Pilates um, enhanced, you know, you want a stronger back. And funny enough, the guys started, and we stuck the flyers up in the men's bathroom. I mean, literally we sent the front desk guys into the bathroom and put flyers up with guys on reformers or in a mat class. And they started coming in because putting a name Pilates up, they were like, oh, you know, I'm not going to do it. But once you start adding the core name behind it, the app name behind it, the flexibility name behind it, you know, stronger shoulders behind it, or how to rehab shoulders, they start to come in. Um, like I said, bring a friend, tell a friend, and it started to build. So the goal is to get as many people off the treadmills, off the pre-cores, off the stair climbers to get all the people to get on there. And that was what we did. So we did 30-minute classes so they can go from treadmill to studio back to workout. And it was just constantly a flow on that built up to be a really a good program. Um, between 5.30 and say 7.30, classes were packed. And, you know, we would do one at 5.30 and then we'll do drop one in at seven o'clock and then we'll do like a Zumba class at 7.30. So we would have the Zumba members coming in and the treadmill people coming in on the floor. And then we got guys to come in too. So it, it worked really well. So I hope that helps people with, um, if they're program directors, that helped a lot with programming. Yeah, that's great. So I have a couple of, I have three points that I want to bring up. First and foremost, we don't talk enough about how Joseph Pilates business was not abundantly successful. Doesn't mean his work wasn't amazing, but he was not the best businessman and had to be bailed out a number of times. That said, where it was successful was through word of mouth. And that's something that we can take to heart as a really great strategy of encouraging our clients and setting up programs and ways of asking them to refer or invite or, you know, come on in, have a party with their friends at different times. Because word of mouth, I think, is just going to be one of our best and most robust areas for new clientele. But in the big picture, having worked in health clubs, having owned my own studio, 
we can run ourselves ragged trying to find a hook that will bring people in. And as soon as you find one hook, that just means that you got to find another one and another one and another one. And you're churning out energy on the regular. And I think from a big picture perspective, something we have to take into account is our value proposition. And that essentially is how you answer the question that your ideal client or the client that you're trying to attract has, how you address what we all know now in the marketing world as a pain point, how you address their literal pain or just their fear of missing out or their desires, their wants, needs, things like that. We need to understand how each one of us individually addresses the needs of our clients and we need to put language to that because we have been in a world of pilates that's been around popularly since we can say the 80s about like rising up and then the early aughts but we've we've we can't depend on the 10 20 30 anymore we just can't do it. We've got to start getting creative. We've got to start speaking directly to our folks. We've got to start having lots of different points of communication towards the people. And we've got to find them in their areas, um, whether that's going out directly and being in the community or whether it is engaging with people online or putting out content that speaks directly to the folks that we want to invite into our spaces. Great gems being Can dropped here. Yes. Yes, Margot, please do. Um, yeah, I, I, great points from both of you. It's it's actually making me excited listening to you. Uh, in addition, you know, I think where possible, uh, if you're working independently or if you are a small group, even a bigger group within a studio, we're a st we're a studio, um, full studio. So I I have the luxury of a team that we call our client care team. But you can do it independently. You just have to make sure that you put an emphasis on it and devote time to it each week, literally carved out in your schedule where you're actually going to follow up with people. And I think that is something that is, it's, it's not hard to do, but it's also hard to do because we, you know, we're worried maybe someone isn't going to come back. They didn't book right away. We maybe have, I don't know, trepidation around asking them to come back. I don't, there's lots of different things that get in the way. But uh, if we can really nail down some dedicated time uh, to following up with people, most people really appreciate it, even if they don't get back to you. And I think the other thing I, I would like to say, and I know I might get a little bit of pushback on this, but if you look at the research, you know, there's a lot of time spent on social media, but to monetize that and have people actually come in and spend time and money with you and become a loyal client, that's not usually the best way to do it. So if there's a, if you can focus Probably, again, depends on budgets, but on that word of mouth and inviting people to invite someone, love the idea of a party, you know, come in and <laughs> do a reformer class with your best friends or your birthday or whatever. And then make sure that you have a, a, a just a simple system in place to make sure that you get their contact information and you actually contact them. And we have a rule of thumb at Body Harmonics, you know, it takes between three and nine months for anything to happen. So don't worry, you get in touch 16 times, maybe the 17th time, but you have that person's contact, they've offered it to you, right, or given it when you've asked for it, they wouldn't give it if they didn't want to do that. 
And so to, to, to cherish it and, and use it wisely and know that you said it different ways of communication, Jenna, like many different ways. And one of the ways that people really appreciate is not being told all the stuff that you've got going on, but provide them some information that they may be able to relate to and uh, find informative. And you might find that a very interesting channel that over time people will come back and say, actually, it's, I was just teaching at a conference and someone said to me, you know, I still, I saw you here eight years ago and I, I, I still go back to that stuff you talked about drills for running. I was shocked. Like I, but you know, the, again, there was follow-up with people, there was, interaction so don't underestimate that but don't also get sucked into that vortex of constantly trying to pump out social media content because it it's a it's a it's a bit of a hard go it's great to have likes and and you know followers and all that but you know when you really do the math is it is it producing anything for you that helps you pay the bills that's that's the big question right right you guys, you killed that question. That was awesome information. And we do have a quick question from Leslie. I'm going to go back to when we were talking about the benefits and Gail, you were talking about sneaking it, sneaking it in. She would like to have an example yeah. of how you do that, please. <laughs> I saw the question. I was like, oh, sneaking it in. <laughs> so because um, my background is flexibility. If I'm doing um, tie work on the table and um, they're asking a question, particularly, let's say hamstrings or lower back QLs, I will, and I want to get them to the reformer, I'll just take them off the table for a quick second and put them on a reformer and show them how to stretch it and get into the depth of it to show them how to do it. No more than four minutes because these guys are massive and their brain is locked into, you know, what they want to do, heavy weights and what it is. And then they see the benefits and I put them right back on the table and finish the stretch or whatever I was doing. And then afterwards, they'll come back to me and say, could you do that again? Because I really liked it. And then I'll show it to them. But then I'll also translate it to the floor for mat. So even they can they can also do it from the reformer to the mat as well. They don't absolutely need a reformer all the time because who how many people have a reformer in their home? So I would should do it in a reformer because it's something they can connect to. And then I'll show it again on the floor where they'll benefit from it even when I'm not around in the morning. Hopefully that helps the question that you asked for, Le for um, Leslie. So if you're teaching a group exercise class, um, um, I do this when I present as well. I like to give them an example. I don't know, touch your toes. Don't try to do anything from it. And then after class, I say, now touch your toes. So it's kind of like showing them the before and then the after so they can see yeah. the benefit and like oh my yeah. god what did you do and then i'll break down what i did so they can see the benefits of it in that moment in that time of the benefit of what we just did so hopefully that would help so Could great piggy on, yes back on that amber i don't mean to interrupt but yeah, i just sure. like, like that yeah. one thing i i want i don't know how many of you teach in in this field or or a complementary field might maybe mind body exercise but or you're interested in starting but um one of the things that I don't think we do well enough in this field collectively is you actually mentioned Jenna before we got on, um, you know, value proposition, like really explaining in concrete terms what we do. 
And that I think is something we all need to work on to, to make it uh, accessible intellectually to people, right? What is this stuff? Right. They might come and try it, that's great. But I think sometimes we rely uh, on um, the feeling that is created or the sensation at the end and assume that's going to be enough for people. And what we need to do is actually connect the dots for them. And just like you said, Gail, it's so awesome where you then explain what you do, right? So that they, they are saying, oh, okay, now I get it in, in my head as well as my body. And I think that that's something I, I champion a lot because I think that it, it we need to be better at it actually for our collective credibility of what we actually have to offer people. Yes. And such, a, you know, such a, just a betterment of your life and your movement and pain, you know, getting rid of pain and things like that. So let's talk about a special group of people. Now y'all know I'm in Florida. And so at my business, I have a lot of active agers. So Sometimes when we are talking about Pilates and new types of movement, can we actually market to the active agers with our Pilates? And when you have an active ager come in, is your training style different compared to what you do with your clientele who are not active agers? Shall I go? Jenna, you're smiling. Yes, I see <laughs> your face. <laughs> um, so I think that in the past, my active agers have always been the strongest in the studio because they are definitely more bought in. They both financially in many cases, because they have some disposable income and they're willing to spend it and they see the benefit and they feel the benefit. They know what they want in terms of qualitative movement in their life they want to be able to play with their grandkids we always hear this one get up and get down they want to be able to walk they want to stay out of the nursing home they may be working with a condition that's scary that really is challenging them to be face to face with their mortality and if they can feel more alive through movement they're surely gonna push themselves a little harder and I want to encourage those of you who are seeing your active agers or even your special considerations as only private clientele to get creative and form them into a group class. The group class experiences that I've done, which, for example, I've, I've named them healthy backs, which in all honesty, they were kind of anything but, <laughs> but we bring them together. It's a flexion light program or free altogether. It's based on stabilization, it's based on balance. Not only do they get an up-leveled experience that challenges their strength, their endurance, but they also get a social group. And a lot of times people coming in in the active aging demographic, they may or may not have friends that are honestly alive still or accessible. And so I think it's a really unique and, and just underutilized opportunity to tend and cater to this group and let them be the beacon. They have so much wisdom. And I, I know I'm talking a lot. I just want to drop one more carrot. Um, in one of this with one of the studio owners who I coach, she had a demographic of very old in the studio and very young, 20s and 80s. And 
we developed a program where they were mixing generations. So they would have social um, recipe swaps. They would have classes where they would have a little talk and water, whatever they were drinking at the end, um, where they would share stories and they would give insight. And, and you know, maybe the younger ones were sharing about technology, the older ones were sharing about the way it used to be and, you know, the wisdom of women. But I think it's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity to really integrate and not silo our, our people who are struggling with the aging process into just a specialty program integrate them into your studio and you'll be you'll be very happy and so will they mm -hmm. that's lovely that's awesome yeah margo would you like to add oh gosh you're so, you got, <laughs> i have so many wheels turning right here um First of all, it is, yeah, to, to echo Jenna, like they, they, that, that population, first of all, it's growing everywhere, obviously. And all the research points to, uh, you know, that generation now, they get it. They know they need to stay active. They are, they don't need to be convinced. They just need to have an opportunity and they need to be able to try and they need to be able uh, to feel like they are included, seen, important, and that, you know, things are done, maybe, you know, you have to, you have to take into, into consideration some cognitive challenges that may be there, or hearing challenge, or whatever, so it may be a little bit different that you asked, uh, Amber, whether, about, um, you know, do you train them, train this cohort differently, a little bit, but again, <laughs> they, they are, they, they're, they're so eager. They're so eager, you know? And um, I think the more people actually uh, have an experience of something that maybe goes a little bit wrong in the body, which is, you know, more or less inevitable as we get older to one degree or another, it could be very mild, it could be very serious. But, you know, that old uh, saying, you know, you, you really don't value your health until you, you have challenges with it. And so they, they're so grateful. And so many programs don't actually address the various needs that aging, um, aging uh, gives us, really. You know, I'm going to say it that way, because we do need to address balance. We do need to address cognition. We need to address a strength, you know, and, and sometimes when Pilates is put in that realm of, you know, it's for, you know, stretching, I, I, I almost go ballistic in my mind. I'm thinking, <laughs> what are you talking about? You get so strong and functionally strong. So, you know, and that is something that is so key as we get older because of the process of sarcopenia in the body where there's muscle wasting and, and there's nothing you can do about it, but you can offset it by making sure you stay strong. You need to be active for that reason. So speaking in those terms to people so that they, because they've heard it from their doctors, they're hearing it in their seniors groups and, and you know, physiotherapists, et cetera. Um, and if there is programming that um, can be intergenerational or specialized for them, you know, or specialized around a concept like balance, for example, that might draw in people from all different categories. Um, yeah, great. I think we should have a pickleball Pilates class. Right. Yes. Because those active agers are playing pickleball right now. So if they can play pickleball, yes. 
they can take a Pilates class. <laughs> yes. yes, and it would help decrease the risk of injury because exactly. here we see that a lot and you see a lot of them get injured. So they that is a fantastic idea. Exactly, they should be PP. What's PP? Pickleball Pilates. <laughs> there you go. I love where, it. We're giving tell you, marketing PP, right? Pickleball by PBB, Pickleball Pilates. I'm like, what is that? Just bring your racket and we can design a Pilates class with the racket. But they are out there playing pickleball. So it's nice to see that the, I don't even want to call them active aging. That's the one sport that everybody's playing from young to old. And I don't even want to call them old. Everybody's playing pickleball. So if they can do it, we could absolutely do with active aging in our classes as well. You know, and I hate using yes. the word active aging. I think I like working with people's mindset in the sense of whatever mindset you bring me is what I'm dealing with, you know, mm -hmm. and then you work from there. You know, if somebody's got an injury, like uh, Mark, Margo said, you work with it. And Jenna said, you work with what comes in the door at that moment to work with, you know, and some days they're active and some days they're having a bad day for whatever it is, you know, weather changing, you know, somebody is sick, you know, but you work with what energies they bring you for that moment. That's how I work, you know, but I don't think I sit there and go, oh, she's 65. I'm going to do it this way. And he's 45. I do it that way. I kind of deal with whatever walks in the door. I deal with that moment, you know? So yes. I think it also helps people feel young, right? You know, young and oh, yeah. able and yeah. right. I think that really is what happens. It's kind of that, especially as posture improves or is maintained and you've got that stability through the body. Yeah, you, you know, it, it's a real, it's a real way to offset feeling maybe the effects of aging if people are feeling that yes, in a way that they don't I like. Agree. Yeah, right. And we know you, so one of you said it, I think it was you, Margot, functionally, you know, we were helping people be functionally better and absolutely you can do that in Pilates and it's, you know, I don't want to say lower impact, but it can be compared to some other styles of exercise. So we had a really great question from Pam and I would like to um, just tell you what she said. And then I have. Jenna said she would love to answer this, and then you other ladies can certainly jump in. So Pam has a man in his 70s. He comes to her Matt Pilates because he told her he needs to tighten his pelvic floor. So we know that men also have pelvic floors, right? So she wants to know, do you ladies have any suggestions of what she can do? She talks about the pelvic floor a lot but she can use suggestions. I think that is a fantastic question. So Jenna, I will let you begin. Okay, so the first question, and you might know this, but I'm gonna dialogue this so that if other people are going through a similar situation, they can hear it too. The first question that I would have always is who told you that and why? Because there can be, you know, once upon a time, a doctor told my client that she had the bones of an 80 year old and I sent her back and she was on lots and lots of anti-inflammatories. And I said, could you find out if that means osteoporosis? And sure enough, it did. But how are we to know? So who told you and why? I'm interested if you have a relationship with this person, if you can find out a little bit more about why this is. Is it incontinence? Is it core strengthening? What is it? The second thing I would be interested in is what is the expectation? What does this person expect to achieve with a tight pelvic floor? 
or a tighter pelvic floor? Are they after balance? Are they after a, a slimmer waistline, a more connected core? Are they after back strength? Again, once you get a little more information, then you can layer in some things that certainly integrate the pelvic floor, but may not be so pointed as to kind of have to harp on it the whole time. And thirdly, above all, learn to breathe correctly right what joseph pilates said so if you can teach the pistoning action of the releasing or the contraction downward of the diaphragm allowing there to be pressure on the internal organs allowing there to be an expansion a grounding of the pelvic floor and then as the exhalation the reverse happens and there is a reconnection back to center i always say inhale take up space exhale reconnect to yourself if you can encourage deep full and connected breathing you are probably going to do more than any cue to tell somebody to kegel will ever do that's me <laughs> jenna, my drop okay thank you jenna, jenna um, pam said his, his urologist told him that because of his prostate yeah okay yeah and so it's it's interesting right because you want to find out is there a lack of tonicity is there what is the effect and i know when we get into the pelvis it can get really really personal and also somewhat embarrassing and people don't want to talk about it so i always i just believe that humans could care less about a muscle fiber or a muscle what they want is the experience that they'll get from stretching it flexing it, getting stronger, getting more mobile. So we can start to ask him, okay, what's the expectation from your urologist? Do they want you to have more integrity in that area? Is there a way that we can work on a little more axial elongation and removing a bit of the compression from your spine, which will also engage the pelvic floor to give you a sense of sitting taller or walking taller throughout the day? Maybe that's something we can practice and really work on a little bit more in, in the mat class. Um, I think I think the place that we get a little hyper fixated on as Pilates teachers is when we hone in on one muscle group as if it could be isolated because we can't, we just can't simply shut off everything. We can highlight, we can spotlight and we can build awareness, but we can't shut off everything else for one thing. So working the system through breath, through posture, through an awareness of what, is, what does it feel like to be lifted? What does it feel like to be grounded? Which is also, you know, it's not groundedness is not necessarily a collapse, right? Reaching down through your sits bones as you inhale can bring about a sense of expansion, which is also a contraction of the pelvic floor. So I think that gaining information, getting creative and thinking about the experience that this person wants to have is going to give you so much information that you can work with and teach from that you won't, you might not even ever have to say Kegel. Margo, would you like to add or Gail? Yeah. I was going to ask Margo or Mark or, um, or Jenna to probably help them by, and they use a prop to make men connect because that's a very hard thing for men to connect with Kegeling exercises. What would you suggest as a prop to, to help them along with that question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Because when um, you tell guys to Kegel to go what? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so would you suggest a prop to make it a little bit easier for them? That would be my question for Jenna and Marco. Mm -hmm. um, can I go? Yeah. Uh, 
could could be could uh, i'll come back to a prop in a second because there's one way you can um think about the pelvic floor that may even simplify it beyond what we're you know trying to trying to act, act activate it um i don't know in the us in, in canada we advocate for people to go to see an actual pelvic floor physio first to figure out what the actual pathology is and is there a, a, a weakness or is the tightness sort of spastic? Like, what is it and where is it? And one of the great things <laughs> is that we're all working in pelvic floor all the time anyway, because like, for example, even having, so even when they're sitting down waiting for you and then they stand up, they're working their pelvic floor. So getting people to understand that they don't have to image it. You know, again, there's a lot of exercises where people are trying to commune with their pelvic floor and it's so frustrating or embarrassing or too hard or too obtuse. And if we can remind ourselves that, you know, you do a pelvic tilt, check, there's the pelvic floor. You do a squat, check, there's the pelvic floor. You do side splits on the reformer, check, there's the pelvic floor. You don't even have to cue it because really the pelvic floor is supposed to be under reflexive, what's called reflexive control. And it, it it's supposed to um, activate automatically, obviously for this gentleman and many people that's not the case but to find out what the actual problem is before we start actually cueing the pelvic floor, because we can end up actually causing more problems. And one of the things too, I don't know if, if you've come across this at all, but it, it can be very frustrating as a teacher when um, a pelvic floor physiotherapist says, oh, no, 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 don't, don't do Pilates. That's way too hard on your pelvic floor. All that abdominal contraction and intra-abdominal intra pressure, it's gonna just wreck your pelvic floor. So be, be prepared to um, educate around that because we can do so much just with movement, right? Some of the things we just said, even in quadruped on hands and knees and just rocking back and forth, that's a great pelvic floor exercise. And you don't have to try contracting it or doing anything with the abdominals and just let it do what it's meant to do, right? So I don't know if that helps at all, but um, yeah, the, I think the simpler, the the better and, and being mindful that, again, there's, I think Brent Anderson did, um, he did some ultrasound studies that showed the abdominal contracting that people learn when there is a pelvic floor issue, it does exert too much pressure very often and will weaken the pelvic floor. So we got to be careful how it's a balancing act, right? When there's a pelvic floor issue. Great. Okay. We are getting close to time to end. But Susan had a fantastic question. I would love to hear the answer from each of you ladies. Her question was, what's your biggest bang for your buck exercise that you would work in with your one-on-one -on -one clients? Love this. Jenna, go. Okay, this is the type of teacher I am. The biggest bang for my buck exercise is to ask the client how they want to feel when they leave the session because when I get that information, I have an encyclopedia of options to offer to them. But if I know how they desire to feel, 
I can in turn cater those exercises towards a mindset, an outcome, a goal or a challenge that's going to help them get closer to that outcome of how they want to feel. That's what they remember at the end of the session. I've got clients for 25 years. They're still calling, rolling like a ball, rocking like a baby. They don't know what it is. They don't really care about Pilates. They care about their own experience. So I know that's not exactly what you asked, but that, that is from the truth from my heart. That's the biggest bang for my buck action that I can take in my session. Jenna, that's fantastic because that is how we keep clients because you are, you are targeting what they want to work on and feel and experience. Excellent answer. Margot, how about you? Um, I'll give an example because it's one that generally, and I don't know if you all work on the, the trap table or springboard, but with the push through bar and the, the push through arms with that, <laughs> it's just such a great feeling in the upper body if you have access to that piece of equipment. <laughs> I've tried many times to try and simulate it somehow, but it doesn't really work. But I, I echo uh, Jenna, I would say that is the most important question you can ask. How do you want to feel by the time you leave today? And then exactly, you just kind of go through your, <laughs> I like that, your encyclopedia of, of what you've got that will give that feeling. I want to feel de-stressed. Da, 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 da. I want to feel energized and strong. Da, I really want to work on my upper body, I, whatever it is. And therefore you can weave it in, in a way that gives them that. Good. All right, Gail, you tell us what's your biggest bang for I get to close it. Um, For me, it's usually when my clients are coming in, it's usually to fix something that's bothering them or to give them our all over body treatment for something they're prepping um, for Saturday game or Sunday game. So my focus would be the best bang for the butt is what sport they're playing for me would be what sport they're playing, whether it's football or basketball or NHL, that's what I'll be going to, to make sure that their performance level is geared to for that day. So they're ready to go. So it would be that, you know, best bang for their butt. Um, that would be my answer. It's based on what they need for that next 48 hours for me, for me to give them their best bang for the dollar. That, that for me would be that way. Yeah. One-on-one. -on -one. Excellent. So I want to say thank you so much for letting me facilitate. I appreciate it. You're and awesome. of course we have yes, wonderful awesome. Carter who has kept us all under control. Bless his heart. Thank Jenna, you, Margo, Gail, you ladies are amazing. You have so much information to share. Thank you for being here and sharing your time with everyone. And all of you that showed up for the webinar, we appreciate it. And listen, Atlanta Mania is coming up in July. Come and see us. Yes, we have our certification smash, which is all online. That's May 19th through the 21st. I'm teaching a class on Saturday. And then Atlanta Mania, y'all amazing. I'm going to be there. Gail's going to be there. We have some awesome things. I think Gail's going to be there. We have some awesome things to teach you. So we hope you'll come out to Mania and see us in person. Thanks so much, you guys. Have the best night. We'll see you soon. <laughs>